Hello, and welcome to the Canopy Boulder Cannabis Business Podcast, where we talk about the intersection of entrepreneurship and investing in the legal cannabis industry. Each week, we'll give you our perspective on the latest news in the industry, bring you insightful interviews with entrepreneurs, investors, and industry pros, and also go deeper on topics like launching a business, building a team, pitching investors, and setting a fair valuation. Now, why would we take on such a challenge? Well, since we launched our cannabis-focused business accelerator and venture fund in 2013, we've made over 110 investments into 90 companies in the legal cannabis industry. And we want to share our experiences and learning with you. So join us every week as we take a deeper look into the legal cannabis industry and uncover the nuances and subtlety of starting up and investing in cannabis. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Canopy Boulder Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we are interviewing Bob Pular, who is the CFO for Urban Grow. He um, is a kind of longtime financial guy, has his background in private equity, and now he is working within the cannabis industry um, and has been for, for a little while for Urban Grow. And um, you know, for those of you who maybe not as familiar with Urban Grow, they are an agricultural solutions company. So they design and engineer kind of cultivation facilities, um, utilizing kind of integrating high-end technology to allow their customers kind of lower costs, maximize yields, get really good um, quality and overall kind of scale the operation. So they're working in a bunch of different states in the US and also in Canada. So they have a, a, a good reach and a good sort of understanding of the space. Um, you know, when Bob started with the company, which he'll go into, they were just really a lighting company and now they're a really holistic, comprehensive solution. So uh, I wanted to chat with him a little bit about obviously the cannabis industry and maybe some of the trends around ag tech and cultivation um, in that side of the uh, the industry but also in kind of scaling a company and how do you grow a company responsibly what are your options um, in a world where there is institutional capital what are your options in a world where there's like maybe not as much institutional capital so he's going to go into all of that for us so stay tuned i hope you enjoy it Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Bob. Sure. Maybe we could start, I guess, with just kind of talking a little bit about who you are, kind of what you do, um, maybe how long you've been doing it. Um, so, uh, you know, my name is Bob Puller. I'm with uh, Urban Grow. I'm the CFO, and I lead uh, corporate and business development <clears throat> for the company. I've been um, a full-time employee for about eight months now, um, and I started uh advising the company about three years ago um i'm also uh, a member of the board um so i uh before urban grow i was um in the private equity space uh with my with uh my own firm with a couple of buddies um we uh we were um, doing, you know, quite a quite a few different deals in different industries. And um, after our last uh, deal, we decided, um, you know, hey, maybe we should start scoping out the cannabis space. 
And I purposely went and started researching, looking for a picks and shovels company um, specifically, uh, obviously for the, for the, for the opportunities that a pick and shovels company affords. Um, and I found urban grow at the time, uh, urban grow was just doing, uh, was just pretty much distributing lights. And since then we've, um, we've converted the company to focus more on, um, design services and systems integration. And we've also started investing in our own proprietary technologies. That's awesome. Um, so when did you join Urban Grow? So, so what was sort of the point where they were just doing lights um, and then they, and then, you know, you guys kind of moved over into, you know, more of a holistic comprehensive kind of. Design. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was in 2016. Um, you know, they were selling, um, you know, horticultural lights to the cannabis space. Um, I got involved, uh, you know, I think right around early uh, 2016. Um, and the, C the CEO and I uh, started to, you know, work through a plan. We had a couple of um, different services that we were offering that, um, you know, kind of paled in comparison to <clears throat> the lighting revenues. Uh, two, two of those were, um, you know, designing the irrigation for, for a grow. So essentially it's basically, you know, moving water um, from the walls to each plant individually with fertilizer and nutrients combined. Mm -hmm. And they also had a, um, what's called a integrated pest management practice, which was pretty small. There's like, you know, one guy doing it part-time. Right. Um, so we basically, when at that time, I think the company probably was doing maybe six million dollars in revenue, and it was all lights. Um, and now we're um, we're over twenty million in revenue, and a majority of that revenue, about seventy percent, is uh, you know design services and integration and consulting around fertigation. Lights is a small smaller piece now. Um, along with um, air sanitation and benches. So we completely turned the company around. Uh, we got it, you know, more focused on higher margin opportunities and we've been growing like crazy. So it's, uh, it's uh, you know, basic business 101, but uh, it's, it's working really well in this industry. That's awesome. So I definitely, I want to get to kind of talk a little bit in a bit about um, kind of what the opportunities are in sort of cultivation and tech and what you guys feel like are the opportunities. But before we get there, um, and kind of piggybacking off of what you were just talking about, I'd really like to talk about kind of growth and how do you grow a company? So, you know, you've had obviously plenty of experience with this. Um, in particular, I think when it comes to sort of public companies. So I wonder if you can kind of walk us through maybe some of the different options for companies, um, maybe with a, let's talk, let's sort of focus on campus, of course, but, um, you know, what are, what are kind of some of the options maybe for, for growing a company? <clears throat> well, you know, obviously you want to be in a fast growing industry, right? I mean, right. which is what, what cannabis affords. Um, but it, I think it really, you know, um, it starts, step one is understanding the market, right? And all of the segments of that market. Um, you know, cannabis is, is growing like crazy, but the characteristics of this industry now versus three years ago are, you know, starkly different. Three years ago, I remember, you know, we had, 
you know, small growers coming in, um, you know, paying, paying cash for everything. And they had, you know, small grows that were, you know, maybe the largest were maybe 7,500 canopy square feet. Now, you know, obviously with some of the large Canadian opportunities, we're seeing, you know, 100,000, 250,000 square foot facilities. So um, we, um, when we were looking at the market, you know, obviously um, it it can't sustain, um, you know, so many fragmented types of grows, you know, so when I, when I arrived, it was really Colorado, Washington, um, and Oregon that were legal. Um, and you know, my background, uh, um, I, I spent quite a bit of my uh, career at IBM and I went through, um, you know, the, their formal business development, corporate development training. And one of the, one of the, um, things I was exposed to was, uh, a book by, uh, Jeffrey Moore, um, and it's called, um, uh, crossing the cat, crossing the chasm. And, and, and there's the follow on book called inside the tornado, but you know, w- what it talks about is, you know, fast growing technology markets. Right. And there's basically, you know, some universal rules, right. One of those is eventually an industry, fast growing industry starts to consolidate and it starts to consolidate around profit. Right. So, um, you know, we kind of knew that eventually this market was going to coalesce around very large grows um, and eventually, you know, we'll, you know, there'll be three, there'll be a number one, a close number two and a distant number three and a lot of fragmented, um, you know, fours and below. So, um, you know, recognizing that we position ourselves um, for growth uh, to provide services to a large commercial grow. Um, There weren't any around at the time when we first came up with this idea, but we, you know, we kept looking for it and, and we found, our first major customer was, was Kronos up in, up in Canada. Um, and now they're, you know, obviously they're a behemoth. Um, and we just took um, lessons learned from what a customer like that would want, you know, and, it, and it's all, it's all about scale, um, you know, lower costs, uh, efficiencies, you know, maximizing yield of their, of their product. Right. So that's what we, we, that's how we positioned ourselves and, you know, our goal is we, you know, we need to grow as fast or faster than our largest customer to, to remain relevant. So, you know, so how do you grow a company? It's, you know, it's, it's essentially identifying the fastest growing um, uh, parts of a, of an industry and aligning yourself to those. And, you know, hopefully, you know, you're, you find a segment where, Oh, there's a lot of customers that have unmet needs and you can get to that fast and, and meet those needs better than anybody else. And then you continue to execute, you can continue to grow uh, like we have. Um, and in terms of, you know, growth, growth requires money, right? Requires a certain amount of oh, yeah. cash. <laughs> yeah. um, so, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, there's obviously different options for that. There's, you know, for raising money or for sort of bootstrapping growth. Um, I'm wondering if you could kind of talk us through maybe what what your strategy has been um, and and maybe sort of the the pros cons. Yeah, yeah. So you know, again, this this market is very dynamic and is 
advanced, you know, really quickly. We, we joke about, you know, it's like it's dog years in cannabis, um, the way things move. Um, so when we started, you know, there were a few like uh, venture capital funds out there. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, um, you know, the user of slenders that were out there. So, you know, financing growth is a huge challenge in this industry. Um, I think, you know, nowadays it's, it's a lot easier because, you know, more people have, have grown to be comfortable with the space. So you've got, um, you know, other groups um, in, in lending or uh, providing capital in the space that were not around three, three years ago. But when we were doing it, um, you know, we had, we would do loans like, you know, $300,000 loans at, you know, 22% interest rate. Um, and and it it was just crazy. Right. But, um, we had to do it. We had orders to fulfill and, and we got through it, paid them back. Um, and then eventually we, you know, I, you know, coming from private equity, I thought, Hey, you know, this is gonna be pretty easy to get money in here, but it it was not, you know, all, all of the funds, you know, there, there, there are regulations that they have to, they have to follow. There are, um, characteristics that those funds, um, are, are, um, are raised on. So, so there, those characteristics are, you know, they have to invest in certain types of companies, certain types of EBITDA, certain industry. And so again, there was nothing really focused on cannabis. So, um, after a few conversations with, um, a couple of, couple of folks at actually at my country club that, um, one guy was retired, um, and he was just doing some consulting in the space. Um, you know, I, I, uh, through that insight in my own research, I, I realized the only way that we're going to be able to do this is we're going to have to go public. Right. So what we did was we, we, we decided to, to do what's called a direct public offering, which is, um, it's been in the news recently. I think Spotify was one and, um, there was another one, maybe Shopify or something like that was took this approach. And basically what it is, is you, you have a private placement of a set amount of money and you sell shares in your company. Those shares eventually become the public float for when you go public. So there's no like, uh, as opposed to like a, uh, an IPO, there's no um, investment banker that's involved. There's no like big, you know, Hey, this is the day we're going public. We're raising, you know, $50 million. Uh, the way we the way we approached it was, um, you know, hey, this is an opportunity for, um, you know, friends and family to invest in something that's safer than investing in a private company, um, because we essentially were we're building in uh, liquidity by the time we um, by the time we are public. So we were able to. I think we went out for 2.5 and we raised 2.6, um, and um, you know, things just started, uh, started to work in our favor from there. Um, we, uh, we're affected with the SEC, um, and we're finalizing, uh, the approval with FINRA. So we're, t- we're not trading yet, but, um, that vehicle, uh, of, of the direct offering was attractive enough, uh, to investors for us to raise money, um, relatively inexpensively. And we're able to control, um, you know, who our investors were, which, like I said, was friends and family. If we would have taken any other route, it would have been, 
you know, hey, we got to sell 40% of the company or sometimes a majority. And, you know, there's a, a VC or a private equity company that's going to come in and basically run the board and you're, you're hamstrung by, you know, you know, a lot of different, uh, different uh, requirements. But um, for us, this is, this is what worked. Um, I don't know if it would work or if it would even be necessary in, in the environment now. There's, like mm -hmm. I said, there's a lot of money out there. And if you have an attractive enough value proposition, um, you could, you could probably do it a lot easier than we did, but it was, um, you know, they, they say that, uh, you know, necessity is the mother of, of the mother of invention. And, you know, we, we, we pulled it off and we we're able to, you know, use that money to, to finance growth. Um, and, and we're positioned really well because of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, you know, we, we've definitely seen, more institutional capital coming into the space in the last few years um, than where it was. Yeah. Even honestly, than a year ago or two years ago, um, it does change so fast. So yeah. let's talk, I think a little bit about um, what you guys are actually doing at Urban Girl, because I think this is a pretty interesting topic um, around kind of the, uh, I don't know, the advancement of technology, especially with within agriculture. Um, so I'd love to kind right. of hear you know, obviously you guys started out as kind of a lighting company and have moved into some other areas. I'm curious what you think some of the bigger opportunities in that area are. Right. Um, so, you know, when we started out, uh, you know, just selling lights, I mean, that was kind of like the first decision that a grower or an investor would make. And now just because of the, the size um, and the, actually the sophistication of some of these investors, now they're looking at, you know, Hey, you know, eventually this, this product that we sell will be a, become a commodity. So how do we ensure that, um, you know, we, we can maintain our costs, um, effectively and, you know, um, you know, so manage CapEx and OpEx efficiently to be able to, to grow and, and continue to make profit. So. Um, for us, um, the, um, you know, the key thing was, you know, the only way that's going to happen is through technology, right? So we did, uh, you know, we scoured the industry for, for partners that, you know, from traditional ag and, you know, we partnered with them to <clears throat> bring these solutions into cannabis. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I think when we started, we were doing, you know, maybe our largest uh, project was $50,000. Um, and just a couple of weeks ago, we closed our, our largest project was $2 million. So, mm. the, you know, obviously the industry is changing very quickly. But it's, it's, it's you know, like I said, it's business 101. Um, you know, it, it comes down to a value proposition in the business case, a total cost of ownership model that, you know, a lot of these investors and growers um, are basing decisions on now, which was not the, not the case three years ago. Um, I think that um, it's actually to our advantage that the market is making decisions like that. Um, so we, you know, we went and we hired, you know, um, top tier talent, you know, A players uh, from other industries who understood, you know, how do I market to a buyer, a sophisticated buyer like that? How do I put together a total cost of ownership model? How do I 
how do I talk to uh, and sell a system that's highly configurable um, and, and translate that into financial terms of return on investment and payback period and things like that. So, you know, we've, we've, um, we've, we spent a lot of uh, time and money on making sure that we had the talent to be able to do that. And, you know, that we had all of the right tools and processes in place to do that. So, um, you know, as we, um, as we started to grow, um, you know, obviously, you know, with, all, you know, so many different projects coming on board. I think since inception, we've probably uh, served in terms of like designing facilities over 400 facilities. Uh, that's all well and good, but um, there's a finite set of opportunity um, for new builds, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we, we recognize, look, you know, hey, we can, we can continue to do that, make great margins, but uh, we need to start investing in, um, in recurring revenue opportunities. So not just providing solutions for the CapEx side of a grow, but also provide solutions for the OpEx side. Um, so that's, uh, we really blew out um, the integrated pest management group that we have. We've, I think we've doubled the staff there. Our revenues have doubled uh, since we started focusing on it. But we also decided, hey, we need to have our own proprietary technology. And, yeah. um, you know, we, we needed a proprietary technology that would give us the opportunity for recurring revenues. Um, so, uh, you know, long story short is we went and we found some, um, some um, kind of leading edge sensor technology, which is based on a, a new a wireless networking uh, protocol, which basically allows us to have a wireless sensor uh, within the canopy of a grow um, at a density to where a cultivator can start to make decisions um, and understand, um, you know, the environmental impact of, um, of uh, you know, you know uh, humidity, air pressure, um, temperature, how that affects the plant um, right. down to a very, very, um, uh, discrete level. So, so this technology, um, we, when we invested, we, we acquired the, the global perpetual exclusive license for agriculture, horticulture and cannabis. And we started building out a, what we call as a platform as a service. So we provide the hardware, we pro provide the, uh, top, top layer of, um, um, you know, presentation and analytics. <clears throat> and we're starting to pull data uh, from these sensors, from the, the environmental aspect. So above and around the canopy, within the canopy, we're launching a substrate sensor that will start to pull uh, another six variables from the substrate. And we're tying that information together with the, the technologies that we design for uh, irrigation and fertigation. So I guess much like... Um, like a manufacturer who manufactures a widget, you could say that a commercial grow um, is is very similar in that it's creating uh, uh, a widget which is called a plant, um, mm -hmm. and you know we're 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 pulling data for all of the inputs and um, pulling data for all of the outputs so the grower can start to make smarter decisions on 
you know, um, just-in-time inventory requirements. Um, they can do like A-B testing. If they wanted to try a, a, a fertilizer um, and compare it to um, what they currently do, they can start to see improvements. Um, they can also start to test uh, concentrations of, of THC, for example, and tie it back to, you know, those inputs. So um, we've, this has really been a, a full court press for us. Um, obviously, number one, from a financial perspective, we need to build out a, this recurring model. But, you know, really, number two, um, this type of insight has never been available before at this granularity. So <clears throat> we're really starting to see a nice pickup in um in our customer base around this on this platform and uh, you know every two weeks we we launch um new features and it's just uh it's just it's pretty cool to see um you know what was just a a, a glimmer in our eye two years ago to actually see it come to fruition and uh, customers taking the insights that we're pulling for them and, and making better decisions that's awesome um congratulations on all of that that's that's awesome yeah Cool. So, you know, I think we're, we're getting kind of close. So I want to wrap up, but I really love to ask people um, on this podcast, kind of what their predictions are for the industry um, and, and sort of what you think is going to happen. I mean, I think it, it always is a little bit surprising. So regardless of all of our predictions, we're all probably wrong, but I would love to hear kind of what your thoughts are. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, it, you know, it goes back to what I said said earlier, this industry is going to consolidate. Right. Um, I think once, um, uh, you know, there's, there's quite a few uh, banking laws that um, are potentially on the books to get passed uh, through Congress, you know, hopefully this year. But once that opens up and capital starts flowing into this business and debt is available, I think we're going to start to see a lot of acquisitions. And, um, you know, like I said, you know, it, any fast growing industry will consolidate and it will consolidate to there's, you know, there's a number one and number two and number three, and then a bunch of smaller fragmented, more specialized types of, of, of firms. And, you know, I think it'll, you know, my guess is it'll be very similar to um, the beer industry where you have some mm -hmm. major players, then you'll have, you know, craftsmen. Um, there are some people that believe that, um, you know, they, there's possibility of, uh, um, you know, artificially creating, um, you know, THC and CBD. Yeah. I don't know if that's something that we'll see that's effective in our lifetime, but uh, I certainly believe that, you know, the industry is going to go through some major acquisitions here. And, and I think the trigger for that will be uh, when, when financing is approved and yeah. capital, more capital comes in to the industry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually agree with you. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us and for sort of giving us your thoughts and walking us through what Urban Grow has been working on. Um, how can people get in touch with you guys or learn more about Urban Grow? Sure. Uh, website is urban-gro, no W. So urban-gro.com. And they can actually go in and see, um, a website that's just dedicated to our technology, which what we call Sole 360. And that website is Sole, S-O-L-E-I-L, tech, T-E-C-K, dot A-G, Sole tech dot A-G. Got it. 
Um, thanks. Thank you so much. And uh, for everybody else, thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening. And make sure that you leave a review and a rating. Uh, just kind of helps boost the content up so other people can see it. So thanks so much. Uh, thanks again, Bob. And uh, we'll see everybody okay. next time. Now for the disclaimers. Please do not take any information from the Canopy Boulder podcast or its guests as investment advice. Be sure to contact your licensed financial advisor before making any investment decisions. So thank you for listening and please join us for another Canopy Boulder podcast episode coming to you soon.